0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am back with another podcast. I think this might be episode 10. And to celebrate episode fucking 10, I am here with my friend, stand-up comedian, Vetla Velstar. Hello, Inya James. Welcome.
1: Ha- happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm happy to have you here. And it's a little bit early in the morning, so we have some coffee to, to get the system started.
1: Yeah, we fucking needed that coffee.
0: Yeah, because you, you said this is the
1: earliest you've woken up in a long time. It's, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, 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 I was also so afraid of oversleeping. So I woke up like an hour before the alarm. I was like, uh, I take no chances. Good, man. Yeah. Take no chances. So, but it's interesting because
0: whenever I have an, I have a very good mental, I guess like a good mental sense of time. Yeah. So if I set my alarm for like 6.30 or 7.00, I often just
1: wake up five or ten minutes before the alarm goes off. Wow. Uh, if I'm going to w- wake up to something that really matters or is there something important, mm. I uh, sometimes wake up before the alarm. But uh, Well, this matters, bro, so. yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like I'm getting up an
0: hour earlier.
1: <laughs> I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be late. Yeah, but if I fall asleep again in the morning, I might end up in a coma for like four more hours, and then nothing gets done. No, I understand. But do you sleep well? Are you a good sleeper? Oh, not at all. I am uh, a, a, like sleeping pills kind of guy. Oh, really? Yeah, my biological cl- uh, that biological clock. That's something.
0: That's something chicks have, bro. Uh, that, yeah, that's something I, that counts
1: down when you're thirty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tick, tick, boom. No, my like uh, sleeping clock is uh, is not working. Okay, so you, do you take sleeping pills? Yeah, I, I, I've used it for years. Really? Yeah. Is it like, uh, do you
0: have to constantly increase the dose because your body gets used to it?
1: Uh, actually, now I'm trying to quit because I'm using, uh, I was I was using uh, a type that's very addictive for several years. Yeah. And uh, then uh, or if you use it too much, it kind of, uh, it decreases your cognitive um, functions. It turns you into a moron. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> my, my doctor told me that, uh, yeah. For long use, you, you get, uh, like, dumber. Uh, and uh, <laughs> okay. And I was like, wow, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that explains why I'm a comedian. <laughs> I suit, suit that perfectly. Okay, but what's your, what's your uh, strategy for getting off the sleeping pills? Um, uh, well, it's just I went cold turkey for a while, and um, uh, that was hard. Uh, then it was, like, sleeping until 7 a.m. or uh, 8 a.m yeah and uh but i use like um wait so you would fall asleep at 7 a.m or yeah re- so you'd be awake all night yeah i was, I was just pretending to sleep then oh uh, <sighs> shit and then you're like oh fuck it i watch a tv show or something and uh yeah try to fall asleep to that but
0: dude i heard jerking off is good
1: oh i do i do but and, and uh, that doesn't help
0: no 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 what about if you like jerk off twice
1: I have tried. <laughs> and you're still awake you're just awake until seven, just fucking beating it. <laughs> Discovering fire anew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these you've gone through
0: every porn video. Like yeah. You've rounded the internet. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Damn. Okay, but um you tried cold turkey. That didn't work.
1: Yeah, well I'm uh I'm uh I've stopped on that um uh that uh, it's called still knocked uh the sleeping pill mm-hmm. i've st- uh, stopped using it um sometimes i have to uh, but uh, i use like this com- melatonin yeah, yeah yeah and uh other like calming medicine yeah so i uh, it's uh, it's really for anxiety but you can also use it like a sleep aid mm. what about if you
0: um uh, like if you do like an intense workout or something during the day, does that drain your body of yeah. energy? Does uh, that help?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I could. Uh, it could absolutely do that. But if I have a good workout with weights, I kind of get a surplus of energy oh, again. Fucking extra energy! Yeah, yeah, so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wow, it should have been a party or something to do now, Dude,
0: <laughs> Yeah, you need. Yeah, you need long COVID because yeah. then you that you'd be just like it would balance you out. But do you have ADD or ADHD or anything like that? Uh,
1: No, I have everything else, but no, not those
0: two. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) holy shit. Yeah, man, the the sleeping thing is weird, but I don't know why. I've got like some friends that are just so fucking good at going to sleep. But for me, I have to actively work at it, especially because my mind is always processing information. I'm always
1: thinking of what I want to do and the next thing that I should try to focus on. I can lay awake for hours. Yeah, my girlfriend is like, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to sleep now. And so I'd, she's falling asleep. Uh, it's, yeah, she, 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 she has needs, a peaceful soul. Yeah, 10 seconds and she's out. Damn. Bill Cosby would love her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's like, I, don't, I can just save the roofie. She's asleep already. Oh, wow, uh, I'll save money with her. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, isn't it amazing that Bill Cosby's out of jail? wow is he yeah yeah man he was he wasn't in there for very long but now he's out wow yeah think yeah. about that he's like the biggest serial rapist in American
1: history and he's just walking the streets free yeah uh, just imagine how big he was when he was uh active um, uh, in his career it was like uh, America's family dad uh, yeah and, uh, with such good values yeah such good morals everyone loved him and then then this happened and they're like what wow, we wow uh we have no uh, plan B here, then no. we, we lost our main player, yeah, <laughs> uh, al because
0: he was woke before there was being woke. do you remember yeah. do you remember like I think it's that eddie Murphy't you know the Eddie Murphy bit in Raw or Delirious where he talks about meeting Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby's telling him not to swear during his comedy hmm. and he goes, no, you can't swear you 're not to swear oh, terrible, terrible impersonation, but he 's told he t- he told Eddie Murphy to clean up his comedy act so that it was family-friendly mm. at the same time as he was drugging women and raping them.
1: Yeah, well... Uh, Isn't that a fucking double standard? Yeah, that's like... Uh, is it hypocrisy?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking ultra hypocrisy. <laughs> but I feel like when you get people that try to tell you how to live... Like let's use like catholic church like, let's use priests as an example yeah they're so strict about sex before marriage you're not even supposed to jerk off meanwhile they're probably the organization that has the biggest number of pedophiles within it
1: uh, yeah well i think it's uh the, they're everywhere but there was uh they tried to like effectively hide the those um those times that it happened yeah so then it became more of a more of a uh, mythology around uh catholic priests mm-hmm. and well if uh yeah if, if you can't mention catholicism without mentioning a priest and then mentioning a uh, small boy <laughs> exactly so i have a joke about it there's so many jokes about it as well but it's weird with catholicism because you
0: never hear about buddhist monks fucking kids no you know it's all it's just catholics mm. i don't know if there's any other religion that has such a big reputation
1: yeah. Of, of doing that kind of shit. Oh, I remember a meme I saw uh, years ago. Uh there was uh it, it was a picture of a PDF file mm. and then a Catholic priest. Just that there's a difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Shit. Man, but um I wanted to talk to you because I think it was maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. You uh
1: got a fucking opportunity of a lifetime oh uh, yeah i uh, did my debut on uh, the main stage at latter uh, nice which, uh, it was amazing yeah so i i want to talk to you about that yeah um
0: but i want to talk to you about also like uh the lead up to that like yeah. how did how how did how did you end up there what did you do to prepare uh, stuff like that can mm. you tell us a
1: bit about that uh well it's uh it's been uh, it's really escalated uh, the uh, the beginning of this year. Uh I got invited to a podcast, a other podcast with um Henrik Fladset, mm. which is a uh, hilarious guy. Yeah, he's a hilarious guy and uh he has a lot of listeners yep. uh on his podcast. Uh and um after that it was uh NRK contacted me to uh, record with them. Uh and um uh, uh and then I just uh I was tagged in this Latter uh, live um, thing on uh, Facebook, mm. a girl I haven't talked to with uh, since high school. Yeah. And um, she just thought about me and then tagged me, and then they uh, asked for uh, a film, like 10-minute set, because they were looking for new comedians. Yeah. And uh, I just sent in one, and uh, didn't think more about it. I sent, like, this, uh, it was a crappy film from Lincoln, uh, mm. like, months ago. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think more about it, Uh and uh, then I started uh, quitting the sleeping pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to sleep like seven in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and then a doctor called me to like uh, follow up on how it's going and uh, to like uh, or make a new a- as appointment. Yeah. And I wasn't awake. Uh, she called me nine, like two hours after I've fallen asleep. So yeah. she was like, uh, yeah, so uh, you live in Frogner? Uh, uh, no, uh, Majorstua. <laughs> So, yes, that yes, that's in Frongner. And I was like, what? And then I fell asleep. I didn't know that I was sleeping because I just heard her shouting in the phone, hello! <laughs> you fell asleep on the phone? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, I said yes, and then I fell asleep again. And um, I, s- I woke up like five hours later and I was like, not sure if this phone call ever happened. <laughs> oh, shit. So I can see that uh, Helse Norge uh, sent me like an email, this is your new doctor uh, agreement. And I was like, um, what? And uh, the mail below that uh, was from uh, Latter and was like, congratulations, we've chosen you. And I was like, good morning.
0: <laughs> wow. So first of all, you
1: dealt with the doctor,
0: Yeah. <laughs> fell asleep on the phone, then checked your email and then got an email from Latter. And yeah. this is still like in the morning whilst you're fucking exhausted. Mm. Damn. But you know, I wanted to just um, kind of follow up on one thing that you said, because I think that was maybe like one of the catalysts towards yep. leading to what, the happ- what happened. And that was you being a guest on somebody's podcast. Yeah. And then that went out to a lot of people. And it seems like, and I have this discussion with comedians all the time, mm. where a lot of comedians that I know, they say, I don't want to use social media. I don't want to do podcasts. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to be known for doing comedy. And if you want to see me, you have to come and see me perform. And yeah. I've always thought that's a fucking terrible idea.
1: Uh, uh it's not realistic if you want to get known you need to get out there uh, e- exactly because yeah.
0: what, what i what i always used to say was then okay let's just say you do a show and there's 40 people in the audience but if you do like henrik's podcast yeah that's probably getting listened to by thousands of people yeah and it's a it seemed
1: to have worked out great for you yeah the the day um the episode aired um uh, the same night as we recorded and he has between seventeen and twenty thousand uh, I, I listened to an episode just before and they had a peak of twenty two thousand listeners. Mm. Uh so I was I was so nervous before recording. Uh I was my hands were like shaking so much. Yeah. I could probably mix paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh when I woke up, uh later uh, the day after I had like 30, uh, thirty, forty yeah like notifications on my phone before uh, I've woken up wow and then I get um we had uh, like a theme episode about because my stand-up uh, is about uh, psychosis mm. and then I get like uh, messages from people I don't know on Instagram like wow I really love that you actually talk about this stuff and then yeah I don't uh, it's uh, suddenly it had a, had a value to talk about
0: this okay stuff. yeah all right so your own personal experience yeah. that you discussed on the podcast ended up having a positive effect for listeners that you don't even know
1: Mm. damn i also get messages uh often i get messages from uh people in the audience Mm. that has like same diagnosis like uh, schizophrenia or uh, bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. and they were like thank you for uh, joking in a way that you do and then uh then it's just it goes from stand-up to like wow i'm i feel like i do a good thing for me i'm just joking about it but never consider that's part of it
0: it is weird when what you do has an effect outside of the purpose that you intended yeah that has a really positive result for people that you don't even really know
1: yeah absolutely uh but um the you need to get out there let's say that you do stand up at uh for example lincoln Mm. a super celebrity watches uh watches you thinks you're really good all that amounts to is him telling some guys you know wow i saw this good comedian and uh i believe that's it yeah yeah Yeah. it could be it could be but uh, you need to you need to be more public about it i don't try to use instagram that much no i well i try to use instagram more but i hate it yeah
0: dude i i honestly think that podcasting is the best format for comedians yeah, yeah, yeah i mean like instagram and twitter like if you're doing funny videos on instagram or if you're doing like funny videos on youtube or posting your sets i think that's good mm. but you know i listen to so many podcasts from comedians and i just laugh and i become fans you yeah. know what i mean like oh fuck i like the way this guy thinks Or mm. yeah, that, that that's pretty funny and you get to riff and you get to talk shit and you know develop ideas and stuff like that it's kind of perfect for people that you know talk on stage
1: yeah, um, I've been thinking about starting, uh, like doing the podcast uh, thing because I've noticed on other comedians that I'm listening to that they, as they joke around, they come up with new material uh, organically. And yeah, then uh, then they try it on stage.
0: Man, I come up with so much material mm. at shows, just backstage joking with other comedians. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. When you're just shooting the shit, and you go, "What about this?" and whatever, it just kind of naturally happens. And you go, "Oh fuck,
1: there's a there's a premise and there's a punchline. Yeah. Wow, that's a funny topic." Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very impressed about your stand-up because I don't think I've heard you say the same jokes twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, wow, those are really good jokes. And uh, every time it's something completely new, every time I see you. <laughs> yeah, thanks,
0: man. I, um I'm always trying to slip in new bits almost mm-hmm. every time I perform
1: yeah i'm uh, i've been quite stuck with this uh, stand-up set that i've been doing but uh, that's i'm just trying to perfect one set and mm. then maybe uh, maybe like put it in the arsenal of uh, maybe a solo show uh yeah i think that should line. be that should be every comedian's goal yeah, yeah, in, yeah
0: in my opinion i think every comedian that's serious about comedy should be working towards doing an hour yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and you know what you're seeing like this now as well with uh you know like penila like yeah. she's doing an hour in Edinburgh. I think she's doing like fucking 28 shows in 26 days or something. Wow. And with Marius doing the Fuckboy show. Yeah. And uh is it Hans Magnus? Uh yeah. Yeah, he's doing like uh t- uh he did last night, tonight and tomorrow night solo show at Neo. Mm. And uh, you know, I mean obviously there's lots of other people as well, but that's like like that's what you should be doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um uh have you seen uh, Fuckboy?
0: no I haven't seen it Mm,
1: I really want to see it um but uh
0: isn't it isn't it like next week or something is it I think so I don't think it's been on yet I know he did he did like he did a test show at into yeah but I think this I think the show is still I think it's still going yeah I think it I think it's in like in in the beginning of May if I'm not mistaken
1: yeah I think he's going to test it uh several times before he starts booking the whole uh, tour yeah, of course. This, mm. this, this isn't the end. This
0: is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're testing it. They're All right. So their plan is probably like, okay, I'm going to get the hour, get it tight, two, three shows in York, and then start booking around the country. Mm.
1: Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, after the podcast with uh, Vlad Set, I also got several bookings of uh, other shows. Like, yeah, uh, well, they just got reminded about my existence. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what it does. It, yeah. D- it reminds people that you're a comedian and you're funny.
1: Yeah, because so when you just start out with stand-up, you're kind of just one in the hundreds of comedians here in Oslo. So when you send a mail, you're just one in many mails. Yeah. And uh, when I popped up on fraud sets, it was like, uh, wow, well, yeah, this guy contacted me. I need to put him on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh it said yes to, it was uh, Twe uh at uh, Salt.
0: Yeah with Oscar. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I actually took some photos of Oscar. I got to write back to him. He asked me to take some more photos. Mm. But um I took some photos of him and uh his sidekick Ireland. Yeah. In the in the studio just out there. They turned out awesome. And I'm probably going to go and check out the show. They have a show on the n- like on Saturday maybe. It's coming up. Maybe it's next week with uh ex Prime Minister of Norway,
1: Arne yeah. Solberg i want to go there uh, as well yeah Yeah, it's quite so so interesting that he makes the prime minister show up at the show right yeah yeah, yeah. what a flex
0: dude i was super impressed as well because during the pandemic he had the health minister Mm. i think was at his house fucking gaming wow yeah he put it out on youtube like he made an episode of it that's kind of like i mean during the pandemic the health minister was basically the biggest celebrity in norway yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i mean that's awesome Okay, so you did the podcast, yeah, and then you uh, your friend tagged you in yeah. the Facebook post, and then you sent in a video, and mm. then you got the email, and then
1: and then how long do you have to prepare? What do you do? Uh, uh, well, I got um, that stand-up set went to eight to ten minutes uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and then uh, I got uh, five minutes uh, at um, lotted and that's a different kind of uh, comedy stage than uh, than we are used to yeah because it's streamlined stand-up so the the it's the show is one hour 15 minutes and then they don't go past that gotcha so uh oh because they're televising it yeah 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 so I was like um is it like in a disaster if I go over five minutes will they notice uh and Will they mind? They, uh, then I was told about uh, told from the other more professional comedians that, uh, yes, they will notice. Because then they will note that he doesn't keep the time. If he was going to go on TV, we need to know that you can keep the, your time. Yeah, p- got to keep it strict. Yeah, so th- in the weeks uh, com- uh, following uh, up on the uh, latter, uh, I was going to, uh, every time I tried to make the set shorter and shorter and shorter. So I always tape my sets to mm. review them and like what works, what doesn't, how I deliver it. And then I just, you know, the I had to kill all my darlings. Oh, that's a tough process. Yeah. But I guess you didn't kill the best ones. No, no, no. I uh, I distilled it to the, I think I found out which worked the best and uh, just cut off the excess. Mm. Yeah. So now it's more like uh more setup punch than uh, it's talking and introduction. It's... You don't need any of that. No, 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 no. Just go straight to the gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah okay, nice. And so um, you trimmed down your five minutes. Did you practice doing that five minutes on stage and just trying to go, okay, I'm just going to do this five minutes?
1: Did you ever do that? Uh, I tried uh, every time I uh, did stand-up. I did um, uh, uh yeah I tried to make it as short as short as possible mm-hmm. every time I went over with like one minute or two minutes yeah so it was a constant battle of shortening down and then I won the lottery at uh yeah and it was packed mm. and I was so uh, first time I stood there I kind of bombed yeah uh so uh, my confidence was like very shaky i went in soshburg the week before and um uh, it was the acoustics of the stage yeah. i couldn't hear the people laughing okay and then it went from oh my god i'm going to lottery it's amazing to holy shit i'm going to the biggest stand up stage in nora with this shit uh, yeah yeah so if Otta hagen would go bad i would like call in sick uh, i couldn't uh, show my stand up uh, being uh, that tame to yeah. uh, that business gotcha so but uh I killed it nice uh, and, and you did the five minute set yeah I did the five minute set I clocked in at four minutes and 40 seconds oh, so so good oh it was euphoric of I course. got I got chills down my back because it's so it's a lot of work just uh, <laughs> yeah just looking at a script and like I don't know how it doesn't work and I don't know why I was like should I add a, an adjective and mm. then suddenly the jokes works yeah and uh, yeah, it was, they laughed throughout. I got three applauses and uh, I was like, wow, yes. I, now Latte is going to go great.
0: Okay, because the show that you did at uh, Dattere is on a Wednesday. Yeah. And Latte was
1: two days later on Friday? No, it was a week later that Friday. Okay, I got you. And uh, I also, the week before I did the Saturday, we did um, stand-up at the prom for teacher students with uh, Kjetil and Robert. yeah and uh you you shouldn't do surprise stand-up because uh, if it's surprise stand-up nobody really wants it nobody so. gives a single fuck. they just want to keep talking drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were like eating cake and they oh uh, the uh, hosts they didn't know they, they were like surprised that i needed them to turn off the spotlights of in the venue because mm you need the darker uh, room for the audience so they don't are so so they're not as conscious about themselves laughing yeah definitely so uh yeah we all bombed <laughs> <laughs> so that show was a complete fucking disaster uh yeah Seattle had a hard time because no one was sitting at their chairs they were just talking loudly <laughs> to each other and he was trying to do his stand-up set uh th- those who paid attention laughed so yeah For the audience uh, paying attention to the show, he uh, did very well, but it was it was hard. It was uh, it was completely unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah, I I know what you
0: mean. When you're doing surprise stand-up, and I I think I've only done it once. Yeah, and it was also a total catastrophe. And nobody wanted us there. Mm. Nobody paid attention. Everybody was day drinking. It was at three o'clock in the afternoon,
1: and so many people were heckling (laughs) yeah and uh i also i was standing by the bar and just waiting for my turn and then this girl came up to me and like talked to me in english and like uh, do you work the bar do you sell alcohol Uh, (laughs) And i I know i kind of look slavic But i sell jokes bitch (laughs) No, I just answered her in like um, uh, Slavic, uh, Ing- uh, like Russian English. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I do not sell alcohol. <laughs> I do not sell. I sell nuclear briefcases. <laughs> if you but would like. And weapons. after I went on the stage, talk Norwegians like who's the girl who talked to me, <laughs> 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 uh, and then uh, I got I got more people on my side. Yeah. Uh, so I knew the the people there was like 19 years. Yeah, yeah so I uh just riffed a couple of jokes about Chlamydia mm. and uh, those worked and yeah, then I tried perfect. uh my lot uh my latter set completely bombed the whole thing mm. and uh that was like yeah I'm so happy that the Hagen went well two yeah. days uh, before because my <laughs> this uh this night didn't really matter <laughs> no exactly because sometimes you have a win, or mm. there's a win for comedy. And yeah. sometimes you have
0: a loss, and there's a loss for comedy. Yeah. And uh, if you have too many losses, it can fuck with your motivation. Yeah. Even if you know it's not really y- your fault.
1: Yeah, but uh, you need a win sometimes. But Definitely. If, uh, if, if it gets like uh, several times, you, uh, you make a loss. You, your confidence just, at some point, it's, um, it affects you yeah definitely yeah I had uh, the week before I had America Linea, where we did oh, the same yeah. show yeah 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 and uh Salzburg. I think I thought uh, both those nights on my part went uh I didn't bomb but it wasn't uh, the response that I wanted from them I understand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but I thought you did okay at American Linea. yeah but I was so critical uh yeah that's the thing everybody's
0: uh, so self-critical so tough on themselves
1: yeah but when i do stand up uh, without going to lotter i just do it for fun and uh, but now i was constantly just working on the mm. i had a goal to work against so. Gotcha. so there's an added extra level of pressure
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but what did you
1: think of the uh, in your room wow it was an amazing venue yeah you know, I, I was so surprised it was I felt so uh, I felt like a celebrity just going on that stage. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, you could tape, use that room to for taping. It was uh, great.
0: Yeah, I, I was totally surprised too because've I've, I've never been in that room downstairs. Mm. And then when I came in, like it was packed. yeah and everybody it was like the exact opposite of the show that you described doing with Robert and Chetin. Yeah everybody was paying attention mm. everybody
1: wanted you to do well and everybody really enjoyed themselves. And yeah. I, I think you did good, man. Yeah. Well, it, it might have been the contrast to following you because you just, uh, you have like this very uh, big energy. So you went on stage like, what up, motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Fucking uh, uh, From the first second, people were laughing. It was before any jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, when, when I walk into a room
0: like that yeah, and yeah. I'm like fucking, wow, these guys are on. Yeah. I'm feeling good.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's fucking do this, you animals. Yeah, you're like, you could host the Thunderdome with that energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it on! Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah,
0: you know, that 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 was probably the best night that I've done in a while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Yeah, you killed. You killed. Yeah, thanks, man. But, you know, like, I think what I did that night as well, which was really what I'm starting to understand, is that I'm talking more to people and less at them yeah you know what i mean so i'm like i'm, I'm acknowledging one guy i'm acknowledging a girl i'm acknowledging somebody sitting there and mm. i'm just kind of like i'm j- basically somebody from the audience that just went up on stage and just talked to my friends and that's my attitude you
1: know yeah i s- i started out my set because i noticed i heard that there was two people in the in the venue that only spoke english <laughs> oh were there yeah yeah, yeah. Ah. So I started with a joke for them uh, to them, and it's like this stupid joke. It's uh, what's the difference between a fly and a bird? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the uh, the punch is uh, the bird can fly, but the fly can't bird. Oh, yeah, there and, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and no one laughed. I was like, yeah, this is. Uh, I should I should have went gone with uh, what up, motherfuckers? <laughs> what up, fuckers! You motherfuckers, ready?
0: Who's gonna shit themselves? Uh, yeah, but you know, man, you got to fucking, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to, sw- you got to swing, you know, I'm always swinging for the fences yeah, every, yeah. every time I'm fucking, this is going to be a home run. Yeah. And sometimes it's not, but, uh, you, n- you never know until you give it a shot, right? Mm. You could try a joke like that. And then you think it's stupid and then it fucking crushes. Yeah. But you, um, the only way you know is if you try it, you can't ever know ever, ever, ever a hundred percent certain. You can never definitely know whether a joke is going to do
1: well or not, unless mm. you try it. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Well, when you're writing stand-up scripts, all your jokes—you think your jokes are uh, funny as hell, or else you wouldn't write them. Mm -hmm. But that's just your opinion. So you kind of figure out that wow, this is uh, this this don't work. Nah,
0: that's it. I'm just gonna hook up some more coffee, bro. can you bring some more coffee in, please?
1: Look at that. Bam. You have servants?
0: Not servants, bro. I have uh awesome colleagues. Yeah. And so uh and they're very good at making coffee. And I noticed I needed another coffee. You probably need another one yeah, too, absolutely. considering I'm going fucking <laughs> drained through this cup. Huh. Okay, okay, so we're almost we're almost through the preparation phase. Yeah. You yeah. have done uh a bunch of shows. You've shut them down your five minutes now. You're at the now it's Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Now now Latta
1: is coming. What What are you
0: doing? What's up? What's going on Friday?
1: uh well i have like i'm not i'm kind of superstitious uh, well i've <laughs> not i'm not superstitious but uh when i killed that daughter of the hagen uh what i ate that day it was uh, like uh, just three si- uh, five uh, slices of bread mm-hmm. and uh, a red bull yeah so i wouldn't wouldn't try to fuck with that mix so that's all i ate that day okay and uh i was just walking around i went to uh i was going to just watch my uh, movies uh like the s- films of uh, the tapes of my earlier sets yeah and then take notes uh another round of notes what works and uh doesn't so the set is finished I'm just overthinking at this process and uh my internet just stops working and uh I was like oh the fuck 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 I I can't prepare now mm. so I just went there three hours early at the uh, Hugh Volman and just Walking around, I was just uh, I was just uh, confused about what do I really do now. I just um, I memorized the text. I just walked around and. And then I just entered the venue, and this uh, it, there was this comedian called Kristoffer mm. uh which I'm a fan of, been a fan of for years, yeah. uh, and he's just doing a tour, and was asked if I wanted to join uh, the to look at the uh, the venue, yep. and then it, then it then it kind of dawns on me that where I'm I'm actually at Låte, uh, all these places that we're watching now I've only seen them on TV. I I was i was kind of i kind of wanted to like take a photo like yeah, wow well, this is the room <laughs> yeah but i i didn't and then uh, we go on backstage all the other comedians starts to arrive and then we just sit there and um, then suddenly people with the lotter uh, uniform comes in with chips and a, ho- a huge barrel of coffee nice like two kilos of candy and it's like yeah. do you need anything it was so like posh and uh, I felt so. Uh, I felt so. Yeah, I'm. I'm an artist now. <laughs> yeah, you got a proper backstage, yeah, man. Yeah, you got yeah. a green room and people bringing you shit. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And uh, all the mirrors had like these light bulbs around the edges. That's how you know you made it, bro. Yeah, I, if the mirror has a light around it, you're good. Not that I use makeup, but I just sat there and I turned on the light bulbs and just l- watched myself for a couple of seconds, like yeah I have like this celebrity mirror here yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> nice good on you man yeah <laughs> all the grind because it, the stand-up is actually a lot of work just doing the the wins and the losses doing stand-up for five people uh, it's so much work man yeah and just all the grinds suddenly you're here mm. uh, and uh, I was like wow and then other very famous people come down it was like well are you prepared I'm, they just want to meet the new comedians the next generation Wow, and they were f- super cool, really friendly. Yeah, yeah, really super friendly. Oh yeah, okay.
0: Because it might be mentioning to explain to people that the night was uh, like five or six established comedians and then five or six newcomers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay,
1: okay, cool. That's great. And um, yeah, yeah, so and then uh, uh, a woman comes in called Elina Kranz, which is the uh, woman that started stand up um, stand up Norway mm. uh, and is the manager of. All the a-lists and also started Latter the venue. Okay, so that's fucking OG comedy royalty right there that's that's comedy royalty she's the queen of like stand-up in Norway nice and I was like well hello (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh uh, yeah well um are you excited I was like yes (laughs) (laughs) and then we do sound checks and just going on that stage it's empty room I know it's a lot of people coming to see me Mm. that I know about because I'm from a very small place called Zigdar okay and uh that's that's kind of uh far out in the country so
0: and when you say small place how many people live in Sigdal? uh
1: it's a big um, uh commune it's a monos uh, it's it's a small village but it's about three thousand people living there yeah that's pretty small most people are um, well, well it's no it's well it's it's a countryside uh, it's uh, you have a big family there yeah gotcha so uh I I've noticed that I've become a celebrity there kind of yeah uh, I called good. uh called the doctors to get a new prescription and uh I said my name and uh, your birth date as you do and it was like wow well, so it's you congratulations on the radio <laughs> it's like wow yeah and uh the show starts my I don't feel nervous it's just I'm so emotional mm-hmm. because it's so big for me so uh and then they start playing the lotter uh, live intro and uh jonas Sturm is uh, the mc that night yeah he's a killer and he talks with uh, the first guy he talks to is uh my dad on the second row uh, oh shit! yeah yeah and uh, it was uh like yeah who are you going to see and he says Vetle, and it's like oh, i'm his dad and uh and i'm uh, just shaking behind the curtain and <laughs> it's like oh he's talking to my dad and nice. then, and, and this was like uh, coincidental, but he asked four other people and they all said my name. Oh, and, wow. And then he said, who uh, else is here to say Vettler? And the whole <laughs> uh, whole room just shouted. <laughs> wow. So you had a lot of friends and people supporting you in yeah. the audience. Yeah, yeah, people from preschool, high school. Uh, nice. Uh, my, I started with stand-up in high school. So the yeah. teachers I had there mm. picked up contact uh, after like eight or nine years. Yes. And like, they also showed up. Oh, that's and, so good man yeah and so when i heard uh, all those people shouting that i lost it i was yeah. just taking the papers and like uh, drawing some tears because it was yeah. like this is amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's you know like it's one thing to be like a really
0: good comedian mm. like that's that's one thing but to be a really good person that people want to support yeah and that people believe in and that people show up to you know yeah give you their energy
1: that's that's fucking awesome and uh they uh the show when I went on stage I kind of I, I you know I got a out of myself experience. Mm. It's like uh I'm unlotted and and uh I just shouted uh are you good? And then everyone just shouted. It was such uh I, I got so much adrenaline and the whole set uh was uh polished to the uh, point that I got laughs and applauses throughout the whole thing it absolutely killed so you fucking straight up murdered for five minutes I murdered for five minutes wow and, and it was so many people there it was by far the most it I think it was maybe yeah absolutely it was the best day of my life it was so such an experience
0: damn that's so fucking cool to hear man I'm so yeah. happy for you oh thank congratulations. you congratulations <laughs> Congrat- I just want to say congratulations for that thank you thank because I mean I i when I saw you at a medical Union yeah and you told me I was like oh that's so awesome yeah I'm so happy to hear that for you and now to hear like all the build-up and then that the night was a complete success
1: and the best day of your life that's mm. fucking that's it you yeah. made it uh, uh yeah I think uh, I also noticed that I kind of leveled up uh after the latter uh so but uh, I just went to the reception to talk, talk to all the people that uh, came to shup- support me, and I'm just so happy. If, uh, even though I didn't win the latter, the tryouts contest, the the, um, the TV spot went to Nora Svenningen, Yep. which uh, she killed that night. She's a very talented comedian.
0: Yeah, because uh, I'll just explain to the people that are listening if they don't know because yeah. it was kind of a competition as well. Yeah, right. So the newcomers that were there were all competing for a spot that's going to
1: be filmed later on in uh August or September or something right uh yeah September yeah okay uh they were uh, they didn't know how they were going to judge uh first uh, uh at the beginning they thought they were going to do like this applause just holding a hand above the comedian and people would shout and they would see the, on the response from the audience which is chosen mm. or they would be like a judge panel yeah uh, or it would be a, a lot of tv producers from nrk arrived that day as well yeah okay so they ended up uh, with them choosing which they wanted yep but uh, all the all the newcomers that night uh, killed yeah the sound guy who's been working there for 20 years said that uh, it's the top three nights <laughs> oh wow and uh, so that's that says something yeah so uh, I also got uh, I was told that the um, uh, the producers wanted more of us not just one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh well they they couldn't they, it's the uh, the concept of that night is it's just one going uh, on uh, the TV show. Yeah. But uh, uh from what I heard several of us are going. Okay. So there was we, we might get uh, called back t- uh, later. Yeah. Well, I think once you
0: kill at that level yeah. and you know everybody sees how good you are mm. and then they go, well, fuck it. Let's see whether we can squeeze some more people in. And even if they can't, then you could probably, I don't know, hopefully get booked to go back to Lutter or yeah. perform other nights
1: and things like that. So... Yeah, it you know, doesn't really matter in the long run actually yeah and they uh, when they saw how many people I brought in mm. uh, they quickly changed up the process of chosen letting the audience choose yeah I could like bomb that night and still win because I had so many supporters in the in the hall yeah and how did they do
0: it do they have all of the established comedians first and then the newcomers? Or did they
1: do one established, one new? Uh, they that? did uh, one established, two newcomers, one established, two newcomers. Ah, okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah, cool. That's good. But uh, several of the newcomers did even better than the established. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it was absolute amazing nights.
0: Man, I, I think that the level of comedians that is coming up like mm. the people that you performed with like uh like Nora like Ola Footland yeah he's good he, he I think he's honestly man he might be one of my top five
1: comedians fucking ever yeah like ever uh he's the one I heard his reputation came before him so I was like expecting something uh, of him yeah and uh, he delivered he was an uh, absolute killer dude he's a monster I performed yeah. with him once at
0: salt uh, And I remember I went backstage and I, I said hi and, you know, hello. And, you know, everybody was kind of like just chilling out. And then he was the headliner and he just fucking tore it apart for mm. 20 minutes. Just nonstop destruction. 20 minutes? Tw- I think so, man. Maybe it was wow. 15, 15 or 20. It was a, like, it was the headlining spot. Wow. And he just fucking fucking murdered and i had no idea what to expect Mm. from anybody and i hadn't seen a lot of them perform before everybody did very well Mm. but then like afterwards i was actually sitting next to his friend or his girlfriend or whatever and then afterwards i was like i have to talk to this guy because i just need to tell him like how fucking good he is and how hard he made me laugh Mm. and he just fucking he just knocked it he just made the whole night just i don't know man like a hundred times
1: better yeah I'm
0: such a fan I'm such an Futlan fan
1: <laughs> yeah no he really is uh, yeah he's something else he's yeah. really good
0: he's really good and he's moving to Oslo too so he yeah I think, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's moving here in like July or something mm. so you know what it's like when you go around and you visit all these different spots like I see you all the time yeah. I see I see everybody all the time but just to be able to see him all the time as well is yeah. I'm fucking looking forward to that wow
1: there goes all my headlining spots <laughs> 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 Oh, shit. Yeah, well, uh, also now I think it's uh, in May. I will do a week at uh, New, the club scene there. Nice. Yeah, good. so. Uh, and I also send out a lot of emails. The, the networking part of the stand-up is also very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe like 50% of the job. Yeah, absolutely. Because you
0: can be a really good comedian, but unless you're asking for spots or sending mails or anything, like th- so many people are doing that. So yeah. if you're not just constantly in somebody's inbox, it's mm. like you don't stand a chance
1: no no well how uh, it's 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 not it doesn't work in the way it does in the movies that you do a good spot and then just people come up to you and like yeah could you do it? Could you do? It? I will pay you ten thousand dollars to just do a joke uh, you have to be on the grind all the time it never stops the, yeah
0: never stops I don't think you could be at the top of your game and then just stop grinding either no 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 maybe just the level of grind changes like maybe Mm. you're now grinding for like a show on vega or you're grinding to get a podcast on nrk or 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 whatever yeah or a movie um but those people that are like established stand-up comedians i a lot of them i see like a lot of people fucking just doing shit you
1: know Mm. always doing shit uh, when you come into uh when you get into a management that part kind of fades away mm, uh, yeah of course so then uh, then you're about uh, on the booking list yeah and so then you get percentages of um uh, your own spots yeah that th- uh, at that point it became becomes a kind of a job yeah and uh, your part your work on the your I- your end of the job is like telling the jokes and doing the stand-up but just Uh, Working on your uh, your, uh, gravitas, just uh, getting on TV shows and uh, just get your uh, name out there. Yeah, I think it's a good system, like having a manager or an agent,
0: because if you don't have to dedicate mental headspace Mm. to just booking things, it allows you to be much better at writing jokes and performing. Yeah, absolutely. Like imagine just taking all that out of it. Just taking all that, like, hey, can I get a, hey, what's up? Can we set up a meeting? Like, done. And, mm. and, and somebody who's working as a manager,
1: they're probably way better at doing that anyway than you are. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, I actually tried uh, doing the manager part uh, mm. for a rock band. How'd uh, that go? Uh, well, it's uh, it was a Norwegian rock band. They're talented as, uh, they're so good. Mm. Uh, but... Um, since it's rock and uh, it's not the 90s, uh, it doesn't sell. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah people don't
0: book rock bands anymore?
1: No. The first thing they do, they uh, I, I call them. Uh, I like to call people instead of sending a message or email because it's more personal. Me too. And, um, and the first thing they do, they like, yeah, send us links. And then they just check how many people have listened to these songs. And they had like 10,000 plays. And that's not a lot.
0: Okay, so they 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 listen to the
1: um, they check out the number of plays. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter if it's good, uh, if they know if they're not kind of known. Uh, yeah. They only think about the sad, the. Um, the income of beer and alcohol. And uh, yeah, of course. they wouldn't bring in extra people. It would be a good show, but yeah. they wouldn't bring in extra people.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to make reality TV. Yeah. So uh, when we were working with the TV company, when we were doing the casting, mm. they always wanted to focus on the number of followers yeah, that yeah. the celebrities had on mostly Instagram. Yeah. And I get it. You know, yeah. they, well, they bring their own fans to the show and then it makes the marketing job easier
1: yeah i'm uh running up on 300 followers on instagram so uh getting to feel the celebrity status right now oh so, yeah, yeah
0: bro maybe after this it's gonna be 302 uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah because you know it is like uh are you going to be actively trying to grow your following on Instagram are you going to start posting uh, uh clips of, of comedy
1: and stuff like that uh now I've been so focused on that's one set that I've been kind of uh having like this writer's block on new jokes yeah. uh, for the time period um but uh I haven't, I haven't been active on Instagram enough to like expect mm. getting more followers those extra followers I've gotten it's from stand-up sets, uh, yeah. So um, uh, fr- from doing stand-up, so some people in the audience, maybe one or two, started following in Instagram. But I don't do stories or post enough. So I, on the public side of Instagram, I'm really bad. Yeah, I understand. It's kind of like another job. I need to do like this uh, course, maybe just uh, the explains how to do the Instagram. Dude, you want a course? I'll give you a course
0: right now. Wow, really? Yeah, check this out. Just make things that you think are fun. Mm. That's it. Yeah, do you think? And yeah. it, And like, it, and like, post like maybe some I don't know some like if you film some stuff and you have like a one or two jokes for like twenty thirty seconds that you don't mind posting out there. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, I could there you go that's the course congratulations you graduated yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> because thank i don't you. think you should overthink it you know no. what i mean i think the worst trap that you can fall into for social media is saying what do i what do i think my followers want to see mm. what because then it doesn't become what you want to make yeah and if you if you're like if you make things and put out things that you think
1: are funny or that you think are good then fucking just do that yeah but what i the thing i usually do on my free time is just gaming yeah. so i can't just post gaming videos uh, dude why like, not well yeah why don't you i mean fucking gamers had
0: like the most followers on youtube ever you know like all the gaming channels were fucking huge
1: yeah, absolutely. But uh, I uh, I, uh, I was trying to... Uh, considering the thought of starting to stream games, but um, I just boiled away in the... Uh, uh, it went with the idea and never followed up on it. Yeah, I understand. Were you going to do that on Twitch or something? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about YouTube. Uh, that's mm. a platform I kind of understands more. I've never been on Twitch. No, no. I've, I was on like Twitch for a while, but
0: I wasn't like, posting anything. I was just watching some mm. stuff. But I... I YouTube for me is, you know, I watch way, a lot of YouTube.
1: Yeah, I love of, YouTube. Yeah, me too. Basically, yeah. I end up like going uh, watching things that I don't know anything about. Yeah, uh, I usually watch uh, Corridor Crew, and that's a visual effect artist just explaining how we do visual effects. Mm. And uh, I I don't understand any of it. I just like the um, when people are very has a passion for something, they uh, they are interesting to listen to.
0: I agree. I watch
1: a lot of videos about professionals breaking down
0: things in movies. Mm, Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a stuntman breaking down a stunt scene or like a swords expert breaking down fight scenes from like the witcher or whatever. Yeah. I find that fascinating because you get the professional's view on how other professionals did
1: something. Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching uh, those two. Uh, They do it on uh, the same uh, channel. They uh, invite stuntmen to like break down the the stunts in uh, the MCU movies. um, Yeah. So it's, uh, I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I did too. Mm.
1: And are you a PC gamer or? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm both, I only have a, like a gaming laptop, so uh, the engine isn't uh, strong enough for the bigger games, but I'm not uh, like a competitive gamer. I just, I'm a chill uh, mm. kind of type. I just do it for the relax or the story in the game. Yeah. Or if it's on PC, it's to be social with my friends usually. Yeah, what are you playing at the moment? Uh, now I'm playing uh, the Mass Effect series uh, again because yeah, okay. uh, I got uh, the Legacy Pack.
0: Okay, nice. <laughs> so, so you're revisiting them?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, taking in the nostalgia of uh, shooting aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time, man. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Shit, I'm playing this game at the moment called
1: Returnal. It's a PS5 game. yeah it's the the woman that's uh, relives the same day over and over yeah
0: oh my god and i i'm not playing that much because i'm kind of stuck on this third level and because you always start at the beginning yeah yeah. you have to fucking do everything perfectly and then by the time you get to the stage where you're really at Mm. you you need to spend a lot of time building up your character and then that level is like you know three times harder than the start and you know, sometimes I'll die in like, it, it might take me like 20 or 30 minutes just to get to the level that I'm on. Yeah. And then I'll die there in like three or four minutes. Mm. So it's like, it's a grind, but it's not really, it's not really
1: inspiring me that much, <laughs> yeah. actually. I get to a point where I'm like, Ugh. Uh, it's really a finesse doing making a good game about uh, playing the same game over and over again till you succeed. Mm. Uh, I uh, played a game called Death Loop, which like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you play the whole story of the game; it's the same day repeating. Yeah, and effectively, it made me play the same game and the same levels like thirty times. Yeah. at the end of it, it's uh, it's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, you find out that uh, the enemy or the anti anti protagonist in the game uh she's your door daughter, daughter and then you end up on the standoff w- would you shoot her to like end the game gotcha yeah and i didn't even think about it i just you're uh, dead bitch. yeah of i course. was so i i hated that game yeah it was uh it was uh the graphics were good but it was i, I was so tired of it
0: uh, yeah i i the game that i played before returnal was red dead redemption 2. Oh, i love that game, which is absolutely fucking amazing Oh, legenden. Ula's come with some coffee. Thank you so much, brother. You could just fucking fill it right up. Oh, why nice. hasn't uh, Ola guested the podcast yet? Dude, uh, he's he's going to be a guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You have to ask... Uh, you know why I would say? I, I spend so much time talking to Ola. Yeah. Right? That I see him every day and we work together. That when he is going to be a guest i think i want to maybe have uh i don't want to just have the same conversation that i have with him normally oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Do,
0: do you know what i mean like maybe if we like have a summer holiday or something and then yep. come back okay now let's go because mm. i want all the conversations to be kind of authentic and original and stuff like yeah, that. yeah absolutely yeah but uh yeah i love ola of course he's going to be a guest yeah but and another thing as well is that i want to with this podcast what i want to do is i want to get better at reaching out to people Mm. like you yeah and you know like some of the other guests that i don't hang out with that much yeah that i um have it as a mental exercise like a discipline that i okay i'm gonna get somebody i'm gonna get every week i'm gonna try to get somebody every single week Mm. so i want to just strengthen that muscle if i i could just say well hey let's just do a podcast super super easy but i want to try to like okay let's get let's get you let's get Hani. let's get talak let's get espen whoever so that's what i'm trying to do with that
1: have you tried? have you thought about uh adding like segments uh like um uh a schedule of what things you're going to go through on the podcast for example uh daily what did you do what's the last 10 things you've googled or whatever uh no i ha- actually haven't thought of that Sh- oh yeah should i do that no i don't know it's a lot of podcasts do that uh they have like t- uh 10 quick questions like uh do you like tits or ass um or uh s- several things which how big of an animal would you be able to kill um uh, in a field with just your bare hands okay you want let's try it ten, yeah 10 quick questions
0: Okay, okay, you ready? yeah um if you were a,
1: uh, a video game character, yeah what video game character would you be oh i uh, i, I, I maybe Nathan Drake from the the he's like the um, Indiana Jones uh, yeah. with quips and just end up uh, just fumbling about uh, and then ends up in Eldorado or uh, like an amazing adventure in the jungle yeah, okay. I think I would like i think it would be Nathan Drake maybe. Okay. Uh, favorite comedian. Favorite comedian. Oh, that's a hard one. I liked uh, uh, the, when I I got inspired by Dagfin Lyngbe when I was uh, younger. Yeah. And uh, but I really like the essence of Robin Williams uh, since uh, his, his stand-up. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, do you? What's your uh, perfect holiday destination? Perfect holiday destination. Uh, somewhere warm. Uh, well i i went to uh i went to the netherlands Mm. and the the people there are so social you could just say i'm very social myself so and uh, every time you met a stranger uh, you could end up talking for 20 minutes and i just love the people living there netherlands netherlands i could go there one more time or somewhere warm with uh Somewhere warm with a lot of Dutch people. That would be perfect. Like Thailand or something. Yeah. <laughs> there there's just Norwegian guys there. And <laughs> Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: okay. Um uh favorite porn category on Uporn.
1: On the Uporn. Uh I don't know. Uh, I was um Hmm. Uh uh well uh step uh, Stepsister. <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> All that. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> okay, okay, No answer. <laughs> um, do you, have you ever had your ass kicked? Oh, yeah, a lot. Uh, growing up, it was a lot of fighting. <laughs>
0: really? Yeah, 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 Shit. But you don't strike me as somebody who's like a, you know,
1: you don't strike me as a victim. And uh, you don't strike me as somebody that wants the brawl. No, uh, it's just I think I have a very pro- uh, provo- provocative face. Mm. Uh, uh, so People just want to punch it. Well, it's, uh, I'm from the countryside. Uh, if, you, if you're like either you're interested in hunting, uh, doing uh, w- cars or uh, building houses. And I, I want to be an actor. So ah. I was an easy target. Yeah. And I also got, uh, I was very quite obese when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Cuz fucking I would never guess that. No, I uh I lost a lot of weight in uh, when I started high school. Yeah. I moved out of my parents' house when I was 16 mm. and then I just started going to the gym like 2 hours every day. Wow. For several years. Dude, it d- definitely worked. Yeah, it's I got uh, slim. Now before pand- the pandemic, I was a skinny guy. I was uh a low percentage percentage of fat, but I weighed 90 kilos yeah. of just muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually lost a lot of weight in the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. And but it was
0: mus- muscular weight.
1: Yeah, it was muscular weight. Now I started gaining again. Yeah, right. I'm almost at the same weight now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just not muscles. <laughs> um, uh, electric scooter or bicycle? Uh, um, bicycle. I, uh, I had a motorcycle accident um, when I was uh, yeah, 16. So mm-hmm. then I got a f- kind of a f- fear of uh, driving fast on two wheels. I think you should have that fear. Yeah, it's uh, it's a natural, natural fear.
0: <laughs> man, you know what? When I was 17 or 18, I had a friend called Brad. And Brad was older than me. He was like 25 or something. And then Brad decided that he wanted to get a motorbike. Yeah. And Brad had that motorbike for maybe six or seven months. And then fucking some asshole hit Brad. And yeah. Brad ended up in the hospital for about a year. Wow. Yeah, Brad
1: was pretty fucked up. For a year? That's, I think so, uh... man. He was never the same again. Really? Yeah. Did, did you get like brain injury or? <sighs> Spinal injury. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. So he had to like do a lot of recovery. And I mean, he's lucky to be walking.
1: Okay. Yeah. So he's walking. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not jogging. No, he's not jogging. No, he's not doing any marathons, You never bro. really need to jog though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brad hacking life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and yesterday there was a woman mm. that died on a bicycle. Wow. Be- in um, just around the corner. Uh, really? Yeah, it's St. Hagen. Yeah. A, a truck, I think this is what happened, a truck turned the corner and uh, she was in the way of the truck. And then the truck ran over her and crushed her. Wow, I
1: haven't heard about this.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It happened yesterday afternoon at around 5 o'clock or something. Wow, well, that's horrible. Isn't that fucking horrible? Yeah. And because you're trying to do the right thing by just riding a bike and staying healthy and, you know, everything for the environment. Hmm. And then a truck just fucking
1: and that's it. Game over yeah well when you said electric scooter you mean like the kick bike I mean like the voice and the yeah absolutely and things the, like that. then I say electric scooter that's less scary than a bicycle it is isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely I love the scooters yeah they're fun but I I was kind of uh, scared of them uh, when I moved to Oslo yep so I was just uh, following a guy a friend of mine and uh, he just drove through the traffic like a depressed man he didn't uh he didn't look both ways and I just well, uh, this is kind of suicidal way of uh, riding a scooter. <laughs>
0: yeah, so he, he, he was riding his scooter and not being like an active paying attention kind of scooter
1: rider. Yeah. I, I was, he was like pretending that he was a car on that little scooter and uh, mm. I found that quite scary. <laughs> yeah, you can't pretend you're a car. You need to pretend that you're the most
0: vulnerable yeah. thing with zero protection on the street and everyone
1: can fucking kill you. You don't communicate authority on an electric scooter. No, not at all. You, maybe you're right or you're supposed to give way. You're yeah. supposed to
0: give way, but you can be right from heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened with that lady, if she was in the wrong or if she was in the right, but it doesn't matter. No. No, it doesn't. I mean, like, you know, if, if you're just fucking, if, if you're on, if you're like 70 kilos or 80 kilos, and then there's a truck that's three tons, that truck is always going to win. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter absolutely. whether you were right on the road or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. when they have like two tons of metal around them, and if they like check your phone, you're dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly, man. I have this rule where I'm always assuming that everybody
0: who's driving is looking at their phone.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good. Uh, I uh, I got taught when I was started um, when I learned how to drive. Yeah, drive like everyone is about to make a mistake just for the safety of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's good, man. Mm. And I have another rule. And this might—it's probably not true—but I have this rule: the bigger the vehicle, yeah, the dumber the driver.
1: Yeah, well, it's a good thing to have in mind. <laughs>
0: yeah, and even though that probably isn't true at all about somebody's mental capacity, mm. I just have to assume that the the uh, the margin for error with a bigger vehicle is going to end up in a worse result for me. Yeah. So I'm just always like, I give them a little
1: bit of extra like attention, you know, always. Mm. Yeah. I remember when I was like 18 years old, just starting out driving. And I was driving, following like uh, big trucks. Mm. I was watching those small signs and I just drove up to them closer to read what it was. And uh, the text was, if you can read this, you're too close. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, all right, (laughs) better better put on the brakes. Yeah, I gotta put on the brakes. Um, Okay, another question. Did you get Corona or not Corona? I got Corona. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, I got uh, uh, it was uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, we were having a dinner and uh, I had a friend over with the family dinner, mm. and we were playing like board games. And we just sat up and did like <clears throat> at my direction. And I was like, "Wow, that was Corona friendly." And he was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, but luckily none of us have Corona here."
0: <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Two days
1: later, he went out positive. A week later, uh, I was so sick, and uh, then I got a positive test. Did you get the Omni? uh i don't know uh probably yeah so it was like this year or recently yeah it was uh in january so it oh, was dude, that's when i got it too
0: wow really oh wow, jinx, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh it was it was the dominant type so i just assumed so uh the i just downloaded some games for my playstation 5 and mm. uh just uh chilled uh i kind of uh yeah it wasn't that bad nah it wasn't too bad bro, no, no. i mean you're a healthy guy bro you're hitting yeah. the gym you're in good shape yeah, I hit last I, I don't hit the gym anymore. I try, but, um, uh, yeah, I have, when, if you're a gamer, being homesick isn't that bad. It's kind of perfect, actually. Yeah, really. And you is. got the best excuse. Yeah. Because you're not spreading
0: it. That makes you a fucking hero.
1: Yeah, the worst thing is when you really want to just sit in and play games and it's sunny outside. It's like, oh, I have to go outside, but I want to play my games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, I don't know how many questions
1: that is, but I got another one. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite joke? Your that you've written. Uh, my favorite joke. Um, well, it's uh, nowadays. It's um, uh, I. Well, it's ended up with uh, I'm set with uh, psychosis, mm. and then I got admitted to the mental hospital. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was in a reality TV show, mm. and then I say I got um, I got uh, I got out early. Not because of uh, good uh, good um, behavior, but I convinced all the other uh, crazy people that they were con- <laughs> contestants in the reality show, so they voted me out. So. Yeah, okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious, because you really were in a mental hospital, right? Yeah, for uh, almost three months. Wow, and how did you end up there? Uh, well, I got... Uh, I, um I was like super depressed for a long time. I just wanted to uh, wanted to like uh, break up with my girlfriend and uh, isolate myself from my friends. Mm. And then I heard about this medicine called antidepressive. And that was just... The name was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I started taking that. And uh, a week... Because they thought I was depressed. Like clinically depressed. Mm. I was actually manic depressive. Like bipolar. They didn't know about it at the time. Gotcha. So when I got those... The type of antidepressant. uh, It made me happy. And super happy. And then suddenly I was... Uh, celebrity and uh starting to hallucinate a bit and stopped making sense to other people mm. and then i was admitted to the mental hospital quite quickly okay but you said that's when they found out that you were bipolar uh they found out uh, later it's uh, bipolar one and bipolar type two yeah and uh bipolar type one gets uh psychosis so it was a quite clear tell okay so you had s- which one did you have uh, i am bipolar type one okay so you that's not psychosis uh no i went to psychosis bipolar um, it's bipolar type one it's more stable periods of time it's more of a depression okay and uh, and uh what's the psychosis part uh you could you could uh, like uh to uh, explain it like um uh you have uh, let, let's say your life is like a house yep And uh, your mood is constantly swinging. Sometimes Mm. you're at the roof of the living rooms feeling fine. Mm. And then you're in the basement, like depressed gotcha and then you're up on the second floor this was super good day mm. and bipolar works in the way that th- there is no roof or floor at the basement so when you get depressed you just keep on diving down
0: i gotcha so there's no limit to the depths yeah, or yeah. all
1: the highs and if you uh, get on a high and just pass out the house uh, and uh, just continue upwards then you become uh, like something called the hypomaniac mm. and uh, that's just a really good Good periods, uh, yeah. it's you're not too far out, but then you get become manic and then manic, uh, psychotic and complete. Then you're just level when you're past the moon, you're completely psychotic. Gotcha. Uh, then uh, you're just fucking out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but the thing is, you don't perceive yourself as psychotic. You're the last per- person that uh, realizes that okay. you're crazy. All right. So that could be like you think that you're like a messiah or you yeah, start thinking that you're, you know, whatever. I wasn't thinking that I was messiah. I just noticed that everyone else talked to me as if I was messiah. So gotcha. uh, from my perspective, everyone else was crazy. and was like, I'm not Jesus.
0: <laughs> wow. So your perception of reality totally changed.
1: Yeah. yeah. I had like a breakage of reality perception. Really? Yeah. So I, when I was in mental hospital, I was so convinced that I was in a reality TV show. Wow. So uh, every all the people working there was like actors
0: and. Uh, okay, so you just made sense of your new environment in yeah. a way that fitted in with
1: your break from reality. Yeah, but if the if your brain is con uh, too confused, it just makes up. A, well, this is happening. Okay, it just fills in the blanks
0: in yeah. in some kind of weird way. <laughs> holy shit but did 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 you say that you
1: ended up in this state because you took this medicine uh yeah i also uh, smoked a lot of weed uh, at the at the time but um okay it wasn't like yeah, an issue at the time it was uh so, a week later after i started antidepressants okay I,
0: so when you're smoking weed yeah did that normally lead to
1: any kind of mental problems uh well it's 70 percent of all admissions to mental hospital is because of drug use so but does drug use also include prescription drugs like the one that you took uh well it's uh well the type i took uh, especially made me go psychotic okay but the weed did that fuck you up i don't think it helped the situation at all no <laughs> okay
0: but if you kept on smoking weed Let's just say you didn't take that antidepressive drug. Mm. Do you think you still would have ended up in that hospital?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I would have ended up in the hospital eventually. Gotcha. It, was, it was just a slower way there. I got
0: you. So uh, the, the the antidepressant drug plus the weed just accelerated the process.
1: Yeah. At the time, I was uh, I was living with um, uh, my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, not the same as I have now, but it was a very destructive re- relationship. It was uh, so much stress, and then. We were just kids living in an apartment, so, uh, and I was the only one working, so money was always a uh, stress factor. gotcha. And it uh, was just all our friends did drugs, and when you have you ever like looked at your life from a third percep- third person's per- perspective? Yes, just what are you doing here? And I was like, I just had high people around, no money, and uh, I, I just didn't like my life. I understand. So I, uh, I, I imagined the rubber cord of my mentality was going to like break at some point. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Dude, just talk closer. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. It's, the sound, the sound is just better. Okay, so the rubber cord of your reality was starting to break, yeah. and you were in a negative uh, home environment and in a destructive relationship and yeah. you had a lot of pressure and you're smoking <laughs> weed and you start taking these new drugs
1: yeah uh, all of this uh ends up with psychosis or a very bad mental state yeah i bet it does yeah. i wonder and maybe this is an impossible
0: question to ask but do you think you would have ended up in that mental state if you uh, were in a healthy relationship like you are now or if your home environment was more peaceful uh no i don't think i would've been psychotic uh, at that point okay so then um like i guess we can say that say for example uh, uh a a positive living and home environment
1: is C- critical for mental health absolutely uh it was i think if i was uh would be more active of, com- of a comedian and a healthy relationship uh money wouldn't be an issue mm. everything's good you don't your me- if your mental health is good you don't get psychotic gotcha well i'm not a psych psychiatric uh, so no sci- psychiatrist psychiatrist yeah so i uh, I don't know no but i don't think i would have been getting the psychosis yeah okay because i'm when you're i you're not i don't think you're born bipolar but you're born with a disposition to develop it so uh that's what i did uh i man i'm i'm really i'm i'm, I'm really glad that you
0: worked through that process and yeah. came out on the other side of it being you know like performing it yeah And, um, you know, one of the things I always say about comedy is that as comedians and a lot of people that also use this strategy to survive is Mm. that you're able to look at something kind of traumatic or kind of dark in your life and then find a silver lining, find a comedic aspect. And from what you've told me, your success is doing a lot of jokes about your experience that you had. So you fucking turn that very dark negative into an equally very bright positive
1: absolutely well i just i just uh all those jokes just uh, came out i was just riffing jokes about the psychosis uh, mm. episode and um i just tested a whole set uh, i wrote a whole set in uh, like an hour yeah and tried it for fun and uh, that set got me booked so m- so many places and uh, it went to lottery uh yes yeah. It was just art by accident, really. Isn't that the best kind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so surprised when all the punchline hit so hard as they did. Never tested them before. And it's was like, wow.
0: Yeah. But then, I mean, that speaks to this kind of authenticity that's in comedy. Like when somebody's being really genuine and really authentic, you mm. kind of get this sense that they're communicating to you from their heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then absolutely. when
0: they're communicating to you from their heart, plus jokes, plus good environment, plus mm. a great venue... It kind of just all creates this super positive effect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If, if you believe the com- uh, comedian, it's so much better. Yeah. If it's yeah authentic, as you say, but it's the the um, concept of disbelief. How far are uh, you? If you don't believe the jokes, then it's like this is just absurd, and I never, I don't believe this situation you're telling me, it's the jokes fall flatter. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes. And
0: I was at uh, a show on Wednesday. Mm and somebody did something which the audience knew wasn't true yeah and it still killed yeah, yeah well like, and it still killed and it was like obviously we know you're joking yeah and it you know what i mean and it, he fucking crushed it yeah but there so i think you can go both ways with that mm. but but when you come from that, that honest place and people go okay this is that honest place yeah then it has a kind of maybe like a deeper resonance mm. but w- w- with what this other guy did it was like Oh, we're all in this silly mood he's a silly comedian this Mm. is all kind of silly yeah so then they you know they give it to you like that yeah well that's how you deliver it yeah exactly absolutely yeah (laughs) um but uh man i when i was like 22 or something i was um traveling to ireland i was in the caribbean and somebody stole my passport i have an irish passport oh yeah and then I had to go to Ireland to get my passport renewed. So I flew to Ireland, got my passport renewed. And whilst I was waiting, because my grandfather's Irish and we mm-hmm. have family in Ireland, I stayed with uh, some family. And they had a guy, they had a son who was about my age who had bipolar. Yeah, And you know, there's, there's a lot of mental illness in Ireland. Have you ever heard the expression, like a mad Irishman? No. Yeah, it's an expression because they're like, you know, Irish people are fucking bonkers, bro. Mm. But there is actually like some kind of mental conditions in Ireland, which are more prevalent in that society than in other parts of the world. Mm. Right. For whatever reason. Anyway, so this guy was bipolar. And his family tried to look after him, but he was very difficult to deal with. I remember, this was like fucking 20 years ago, right? Yeah. So I don't know how well the health system was developed then compared to now. But anyway, so they, they, they wanted to look after him, but they couldn't live with him because mm. he was just too fucking manic. So what they did was they got him a camper van. That he had parked out the front of the house that he slept in. Okay. Okay. So I stayed with this family for like two or three nights and I hung out with this guy all the time and hung out with the family. And then I go traveling and I leave my stuff there, like my big backpack. And then six months later, I come back and I have to go and pick it up. And then I go, Oh, where's, you know, where's this guy? Where's Podrick? And they go, Man, he died. Wow. And I go, What? They go, Yeah, he died. He was uh, sleeping in the caravan with a cigarette. Oh. And then the cigarette lit up the curtain or something. And then the camper van burned down and he burned alive. And I was like, fuck. And that was just like, it like totally like, you know, I hadn't, you know, it just blew my mind that I, I knew this guy and I knew the family. And then all of a sudden he was just gone, but his death is indirectly resulted in him having bipolar disorder and wow. him having to stay out in this camper van and, You know what I mean? Not Mm. getting the proper care or whatever to fucking monitor
1: his own physical safety. Yeah. So, it can really, really, really go the wrong way, you know? Well, it's uh, so, he got manic and then he ended up as a crazy camper van uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, they just couldn't deal with him. Like, you know,
0: they were a real nice family and he was just really disruptive Mm. and he would go like, you know, to the moon and then he would go like fucking three kilometers deep into the earth like yep. he would be super depressed and just I I I witnessed it a few times like he would just flip out like at dinner like just fucking start screaming I was like oh shit this guy's not right mm. and so then they like I said they wanted to look after him but they couldn't stand him fucking at night just doing crazy shit so they got him his own camper van which eventually ended up burning down and killing him
1: yeah well actually it was well it kind of ended up smoking killing him yeah 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 i guess you
0: know Or
1: sleeping or sleep, yeah? <laughs>
0: so you're, you're lucky you don't smoke and you're an insomniac so you're fine bro yeah i will live forever <laughs> yeah nothing's gonna kill you yeah. and and you said earlier that you're kind of retiring the spot the set that you did or you you want you want to move on from that material
1: uh yeah at uh at some point I was this is my safe spot and uh, my safe set now so mm. now I, I know this set works and it's kind of finished mm. i try to develop it often but now it's the point where i need to try try out but now it's kind of finished uh, when i go to clubs that's what i do but if i go to pubs or uh bars i will try new stuff uh going forward yeah because uh it's uh I- if a, if it's a bad night and that set doesn't work uh i already knew that it's a good set anyways yeah. So I don't really need to do it at bars. No. Uh, I also do stand up for free anyways, so <laughs> Don't we all, brother? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but are you uh like uh
0: I I mean I feel like you took that set super far. Like you took it as far as you can take it. Yeah, I took it to Latter. Right? You took it to Latter. <laughs> you took it to Latter. So i I feel like if you take a set that far and you yeah. fucking crush it that far it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a nice idea to okay I've got that set. I'll, I'll always have it if I need it if mm-hmm. I'm going to like go somewhere else I can just fucking whip out that latte set and just crush with it but it's yep. always more
1: fun to try to explore especially places like the Lincoln or the corner or whatever yeah 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 mm. it's well you're always uh it's uh healthy to uh, like eat shit one night just uh just to test out new sh- uh, new stuff but you're also kind of afraid of of doing it bad. <laughs> so... Yeah, I understand. It, it, it's easy to go to the safe jokes. Yeah. You know what you should try to do, man? You should try to... Do Do you, have, do you enjoy hosting? Uh, I've, I've been thinking about I need to try hosting. Uh, try but, it. Uh, never. Uh, I've never tried it. Man, I've been doing a lot of hosting lately. Yeah. And my goal with hosting
0: is to just try shit out and mm. be okay if it doesn't work. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, first of all, you have the... If you're just doing a five-minute or ten-minute set you're just going up once mm. and then you're done for the night or for that yeah. show at least. But when you're hosting, you're going to go up, you're going to do 10 minutes, you're going to like try to get everybody feeling good mm. and then another comedian is going to go up and then you're going to go back up again. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you're going to go off and then you're going to go back up again. So you always get a chance to reset things. So if I try like a new joke, say between the third and fourth, or let's say this between the second and the third comedian, that's when I'll try to just try some risky shit. Yeah. And if it if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, we're going to reset and we're going to have the break. And then I like get a whole nother chance.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so I look at it as being able to do basically like eight sets in one night. <laughs> yeah, I want to try doing the MC uh, part, but uh, I haven't gotten to it. I think I would be good at it because I'm, totally. I'm really outgoing and yeah, I have uh, no problem talking to people. But I need to work on my crowd work because I crowd, I don't really do crowd work. Uh, on. The, well, now I've been working so focused on the stand-up set. mm so, um, but uh, I really need to try it. I, do, I think doing crowd work is a superpower. Yeah, absolutely. It's a
0: superpower. And I've been like, I've been, I mean, I think I've hosted maybe like seven or eight times in the last five or six weeks. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of it. And um, I'm getting better at mm. crowd work. Yeah. I'm getting better at understanding, uh, well, first of all, what I want to do. And I made this mistake the first time I did it i kind of created this weird dynamic in the audience because i roasted somebody oh and yeah. i didn't roast them in a clever way i roasted them in a stereotypically kind of negative way it was very cheap yeah and then there was like uh
1: so how do you roast someone stereotypically
0: i'll tell you the i'll tell you what happened so um i was uh, at lincoln yeah and then i was doing some first of all i said oh i'm gonna do some crowd work Yeah. Never say that you're going to do crowd work. No, 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 no. Exactly. That was mistake number one. And then I started talking to this uh, girl and I go, where are you from? She goes, oh, I'm from Poland. And I said, oh, you must be really good at cleaning. Yeah. And I just threw that out. But then the crowd was like, and then I kind of lost them. And then I created this environment in the crowd where they thought, I don't want him to talk to me mm because if he's gonna talk to me, maybe he's gonna say some fucking shit about me and it was just a it was a stupid thing for me to say, and it yeah. didn't work well, and I learned my fucking lesson
1: yeah well, it's also uh if yeah it's it's the stereotypes if exactly if you people uh kind of know the joke already so right, and you as a comedian people kind of demand a more finesse of you than uh, exactly so, so you could paint my house for fifty crowns it's
0: uh yeah it's very cheap yeah, and and it turned the room from this positive environment to the don't talk to me environment. Mm. So I learned that fucking lesson. Uh, And then after that, it killed me. Like I was so like, oh, so fucking, oh man. And I never got the crowd back and that was in the beginning. So that was like my first five minutes. And then I had to go back on stage eight more times and it didn't, it it got better after that, but Mm. I still, the, the only thing that I remember from that night is that negative experience and then i said okay i have to host as much as possible and every time i talk to somebody in the audience i want them to feel good and i want them to feel like i'm going to make jokes but they're going to be positive and you're going to feel good so that when i move on to somebody else they want me to chat to them yeah so yeah. That, that was a
1: big lesson yeah you should always try to like kick upwards not kick down
0: yeah especially when you're hosting
1: yeah especially when you're hosting especially people.
0: when you're hosting man i think sometimes with comedy you can kick down but you got to be real careful about who you're kicking
1: yeah, yeah yeah, right you need to be like a strong person that you're kicking for example a millionaire or a, a doctor or what a, about a what about a disabled baby disabled baby well if a disabled <laughs> baby sits on the first row of a stand-up night it's kind of their fault oh oh
0: so. sorry i misunderstood so you're talking about still people in the crowd yeah but, yeah. but the topic can. The, the topic, yeah. The topic. Do, do you think that comedy can punch down or should it just punch up? Like just in, with jokes in general? Uh,
1: yeah, you could. Uh, if it's like a celebrity, you could absolutely punch down. If it's like a certified asshole, uh, you yeah. can punch down. But uh, I think if you're, uh, let's say you make jokes about disabilities, mm-hmm. you should always kick up then. Uh, well, you could do like a cheeky joke, but mm. it kind of needs to be. It, it, need, it, it needs to be the type of joke that you can tell in front of the, that group. That's a good that's a good insight. conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: somebody told me that they did stand up in front of uh,
1: uh, like dwarves, like little people. Yeah, Marius did stand up before dwarves. I, di- I did stand up that night as well.
0: You were there. Yeah, I were there. I, I think you might have been the one that told me. Yeah. And you said that nobody made any jokes about the dwarves. Or oh, the little people.
1: The little people. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, a lot of them. Uh, it was um, I did th- that's the night I first time I did my psychosis stand up. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were. It was tv Two. Uh, They're going to film a show about uh, little people uh, doing uh, artist stuff in Oslo, and that episode was about. Uh, 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 I don't know the. Uh, singular term uh he's a small guy as well <laughs> yeah so it was that episode was about him establishing himself as a stand-up comedian oh so he actually performed yeah he performed uh and uh it, well it's i've never seen him do stand-up uh after that so it was probably like yeah what do you do uh, i like stand-up and like good we may we give you a tv show he has his whole sh- his own show no he's an episode in a show about little people ah mm. uh, okay all right and uh marius um uh, Tor Kilson. Yep. was he was doing crowd work and uh, they were sitting in the front row. And there was uh, he asked, "What do you work as?" And it was I I develop medicine for like blah blah blah. And uh, another go- another uh, girl was like, "I I make uh, use uh, make stuff more user friendly." Mm. And the last was a graphic designer. So his punchline was, "Okay, so you help people, you make life worth living for people, and you are completely useless." <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I sent him a message like it was really woke of you to just call uh, a little person uh, useless. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh shit, I I tried not to notice uh, to notice that." And I was like, "Yeah, um, uh, that's that's a good thing." But uh, yeah, uh, it was was it bad? I was like, no, it wasn't bad. It's just going. It's not. It's just going on television. So I don't. Yeah, think that you're
0: <laughs> just an asshole, bro. <laughs> no, but it's. But he he didn't make fun of their biology. He made yeah. fun of her job. Yeah, he and made. Fun. That's that's fine.
1: Yeah, uh, I respected that he made fun of them on the equal terms of, uh, yeah, uh, other people. So yeah,
0: I, I think so because when when you told me that, I've just been thinking of what I would say if yeah. they were there and, and I kind of feel like what I would probably want to do and I don't know whether this is right and I'm probably never going to get this opportunity but I would like I've been thinking about it a lot man yeah and be, I was like maybe I would say hey what's up guys you know uh is it cool <laughs> hey you, you guys okay with a little roasting and yeah. if they said yes then I think I, I got I fucking let's do it let's go You know, let's get some fucking Hobbit jokes going. Let's get some Snow White and Seven Dwarfs thing. Oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but uh, it's tricky.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely tricky. And it's, uh, well, it's, uh, especially when it comes to a person that's uh, 50 centimeters tall. Mm. It's hard. uh, Every, every, uh, all the people in the room have noticed and uh, you have to kind of, uh, of, if you're not going to comment that, you work around it. Mm. It's also, well, it's, obvious so and they were filming
0: too right yeah so that's an extra level of you don't want to be taken out of context no no because if they just edit out you saying hey is it cool if i do jokes about you guys and they just cut that out and then you just go this is the first time i've performed for any hobbits if anybody disappears i know you've got the ring whatever (laughs) if they just show that and they make you look like a fucking piece of shit then you want to avoid that yeah but, I, I guess i guess whenever there's cameras involved as well you have to always take into consideration that somebody's probably going to edit you in a way that is
1: disingenuous yeah well it's when it comes to stand-up there is no right or wrong you could kick downwards you can do you could do whatever but if you're if you're a good enough comedian you can do whatever you want uh, yeah so i don't know the right way to handle that uh but i think marius did uh, the right thing uh it was I respected uh, the jokes. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. "That's that's woke." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he was like, "Ah, was it bad? It's just they it were just a camera crew there putting on TV afterwards. If they cut it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just you calling a, a little person useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're useless. That becomes in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man." and uh when's your next spot like you got some more gigs lined up or what uh my next spot now it's uh it's uh drummond that uh, next friday i think 28th oh sweet yeah, and, yeah that's and, cool. uh, who else is performing mm-hmm. there uh sievert uh heim uh oh, fucking love him uh, Haim Jelen. yeah he's he's uh he is a machine he's a really good comedian he's also so quick with the jokes yeah he, he always comes out with relevant stuff too yeah he also has so short jokes so we can do so many
0: yeah, I think that was a huge advantage when he smashed it at the one minute show. Yeah. And then then he fucking came back and
1: destroyed at the gong show. Yeah, I was uh in the finale with him that night. Gotcha. I saw when I saw his name on the set list before the night it was like, I know he's winning. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like it's no other comedian that I know about delivered jokes so quickly as him.
0: Yeah, he and but you know, he told me that he watched a lot of Kill Tony. Yeah, and that he goes, you know what? Well, I've just been watching that, and I see who does well and who takes too long and takes. If you if you got one minute to do stand up and you're doing a setup for like thirty or
1: forty seconds, mm. that's a fucking terrible strategy. Yeah, I wasn't informed about the one minute finale. That's uh, because I I was so I. I got so stressed because I got two red cards Mm. going uh, through it. Mm. So I was one red card away of getting knocked out of the contest. So I just delivered punchlines to punchlines. And suddenly I was out of punchlines. Gotcha. So I had like 40 seconds to fill in.
0: (laughs) And that was at the gong show? It was at the gong show. And how do they do it? Because do they give red cards to... The same audience members, or did they pass the cards around for every comedian? Yeah, they passed the cards
1: around. Uh, okay, so it's a total gamble. It's a total gamble. Uh, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was unfair because mm. as I thought several of the comedians killed, but they still got red cards. Yeah. And uh, then they would go like, oh, fuck you. And then they would get another red card and, yeah, you're ah, out. Ah, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But if you're doing
0: a format like that and you don't know who's holding the red cards, do you? No, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, and it's probably spread
1: out throughout the audience. So Somebody here, somebody there. Yeah, they change up who's and uh, who's uh, holding the red cards. And it, it might be uh, just a guy, when he gets the red card, he wants to use it. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Huh.
0: And do you guys stand off you can't see who's got the cards then you have to stand like backstage or out in another room or something Yeah,
1: we stand at the back of the like venue yeah. watching and I got so nervous people got uh, slaughtered kicked out after 10 seconds and yeah, it was yeah. and they also have to shout when they give you a red card so it's like Ooh, oh, okay so it's extra scary. so you get like uh, put off by it <laughs> yeah 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 shit and that's the gong show that's the gong show huh yeah
0: i was i think um yeah man uh, somebody dropped out and vigo wrote to me and said do you want to do the gong
1: show but i saw it like too late yeah i saw it before you so i yeah, yeah. so you got it <laughs> yeah i got it i was at the pre-party just doing shots and drinks and i was like well this this might be not to be a smart move mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other guys was like yeah you should do it i was drinking with Chetil. Uh, yeah And he was like, uh, I would have said yes. (laughs) So,
0: Man, I think you have to say yes. I think think you always need to be prepared to do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, one minute. If you get that opportunity and you say no. And I've seen somebody who's like been offered that opportunity. Do you want to do a spot? Mm -hmm. And they said no. And then later on, I go, hey, man, why didn't you do that spot? And he goes, fuck, I regret it now. I
1: regret not doing it. So I think you just got to take that opportunity whenever it presents itself. Yeah, uh, I'm doing, uh, uh, the, in May, I have several spots. It's Uhurt, 5th of May, and uh, then it's Joke Factory. I don't know when in May it is. I think it's about 25th, maybe. Dude, no, it's the 19th. It's the 19th?
0: I think so, if we're doing the same show. Oh, really? Then yeah, it's the 19th. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it might be the 19th wow be- be- okay i'm because i wrote panilla put out a post that said i've got these spots available who wants one and i said please can i have the one just
1: after the 17th of may oh uh, really yeah because you want to do 17th of major uh-huh i have yeah. a bunch of them oh then it might be the same, uh, same. i hope so i hope it yeah. is it would yeah. be fun dude it's a great night yeah oh it's so good i heard they often sell out all the, time. all
0: the time i've never been to a show that didn't sell out actually really yeah yeah. yeah. i've never been to the joke factory yet oh it's perfect and you get it's it's a really good way of testing your material out for people of such a diverse mm. background you know you have like people from england people from holland people from uh, asia people from france people from america people from australia you just have this big expat community And some of them are older and some of them are students. And Mm. you know what I mean? Like your set is just going to be tested and exposed to so many different types of people. So you find out like whether, okay, did this work on a diverse crowd? Did it just work for women in their 50s? Did it just work for guys in their 20s? Yeah, you find who's your
1: target group. Yeah, you find them real quick. Uh, But it's a a very advantage advantage for you as an English comedian. Mm. Yeah. Totally, and they often put me on first. Really? Yeah, because
0: Why? because I'm a native English speaker.
1: Yeah, you also you also uh, I also fucking crush. It's a really good thing to put you first because you lift up the crowd for the next comedian. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So they uh, I I spoke to Penilla about because yeah, nah, you know you're just like a, a breath of fresh air and yeah. you know you get the get the vibe going and and for being a native English speaker, you know then I really polished my English. Like, I'm really flexing that, like, I'm a fucking got a literature degree. Yeah. You know, so I I like that opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because sometimes what I try to do, and I don't always do this, but sometimes, like, if I'm performing in English for a Norwegian crowd, Mm. I don't know how good everybody's English is. So if I'm going to use an adjective that's advanced, but I could use an adjective that's a little bit more basic. Yeah. So I'll sometimes, you know, I'll use the more basic one. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure that everybody gets the premise or everything
1: get kind of gets absorbed. Yeah, you don't need to be like the posh English speaker, uh, like uh, instead of confused to use like perplexed. Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary.
0: Video. But what I have, but what I also try to do sometimes is I will try to put in an relatively obscure reference yeah. that is very clever. And if you get it, you love it. And if you don't get it you kind of realize that you don't get it but the people that do get it they're like ah nice
1: that was a fucking good reference yeah but laughter also is contagious Uh, totally yeah yeah. often i don't get the joke but i i laugh still Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and you know
0: what i've also discovered by being a host is Mm -hmm. that what your role is as a host is to try to unify the room yeah because when the room is unified and they have a common purpose Then even if they don't get the joke or they don't think it's 100% funny, because they're unified and other people are laughing, then it becomes even more contagious. Mm. Because instead of having like 50 individual minds, I try to create a vibe where we have one group mind. And if 30 people are laughing and 20 people don't think it's that funny, the other 20 will laugh because the majority are laughing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some uh, weird psychology.
1: Yeah, I also try uh, try that with my stand up that I do some riff jokes and mm. just try to be likable enough to get the uh, crowd on my team. Yeah, because then they're more if if they like the comedian, they give it uh, give uh, give the comedian a service of just uh, doing support.
0: Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm going to try to do in one show coming up and I've been thinking about how I can tackle this is I want to try to do comedy from a character that's dislikable.
1: Yeah. I also been thinking about doing characters, mm. but uh, I've, it's well, it's 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 scary. It's it might get awkward. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I've
0: been thinking about, and I spoke to Lauditz about this. Like, how should I approach that? How should mm. I try to deal with it? But what I think I'm gonna do is I'll, I'll say to the host, um, th- "Our next performer, if he can say something like this, our next performer is a method actor." and yeah. he's preparing for his role as a serial killer. Mm. So please give a big warm round of applause for the serial killer and then say my name or say somebody else's name and then I'll come up and then I you know so you know the best thing about serial killing is so and then they understand before I even turn up that yeah. I'm playing a character who normally you wouldn't
1: like. Yeah, I've, well, I've seen other stand- comedians doing characters. It's, uh, if it works, it it kills. But are they doing characters from a perspective that you don't like, though? Uh, no, I've heard, I've seen, like, uh, it, well, it's a lot of uh, deadpan comedians. Yeah. The, that's, uh, I think that's uh, in, an impressive genre. Mm. The, um, and uh, they're, like, uh, I have saw um, this guy just walking around being, like, super confused, uh I don't know, I've seen it on TV m- for the most part, not live. Mm. Also, this guy on the America's Got Talent or britain Got Talent uh, was uh, super emo, like super depressed. And uh, he would just say, like, I've heard uh, that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but not if you're poisoned <laughs> okay yeah yeah then, yeah then the antidote is the most important meal of the day <laughs> gotcha and yeah. it just works i've tried to i want to try like this uh this this very um uh privileged uh money-wise asshole uh yeah i have like several jokes about the character uh, th- th- those several jokes about uh in that kind of character just be the punchable guy mm.
0: that's a good character to do yeah the super privileged rich asshole yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one
1: yeah i i, I want to try it um but uh now i've now i have the oppor- opportunity to go out of the stand-up set i'm doing so uh, maybe i do it the next time I the stars
0: it, yeah. are aligning yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> that's good the punchable rich asshole but bam how did you end up doing stand-up i um how did i end up doing stand-up dude i just fucking uh, you know what it was it was um i in well, first of all i enjoy the art form right yeah uh, but i'm always trying to do things that challenge myself that have uh, a very high ceiling mm. so uh, i started training jiu jitsu 7 years ago brazilian jiu jitsu yeah. because it was something i'd never done and i knew that to get your black belt to be good it's going to take 10 15 years yeah so i started doing that and then i got really comfortable doing that and mm. it, it it still gives me a lot but it didn't give me this new feeling of exploring a new terrain of knowledge. And then I thought, Oh, what else can I do to challenge myself? And I was already doing something very physical. Mm. So I thought I would try to challenge myself by doing something performative. Yeah. So then I thought that, okay, fuck it. I mean, I can't sing for shit. Mm. Uh, and I love comedy. Why don't I give this whole comedy thing a shot? Yeah. And then, you know, I did it and fell in love with it. And then it just became, you know, like this passion of mine that I, first of all, it'll, it'll take me forever. To get like my comedy black belt. You know, yeah. you can, you're never gonna be, you know, you're gonna, you, you can do comedy forever and you'll yeah. always be getting better and better and better and better and better. Yeah, absolutely. So that was something that I always wanted to explore, and then obviously it was just very fun, and it was like huge for my personal growth. And then I, you know, some of my best friends are comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I love seeing them, and the community is awesome, and it's just a fucking good time, bro. Mm. And uh, the I I believe like the uh, when you try stand up and the first joke that kills, Mm. that's when you're hooked. Exactly, that's when you're hooked, bro. Mm. Yeah, you, you,
0: bro. I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah, 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 yeah! It's a fucking awesome podcast, man. Thanks
1: so much for coming. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, is there anything else you want to say to anybody? Let them know something. I don't have anything to. Uh, well, no, I'm just come to the show in Drummond. If you're a Drummond listener, uh, come to New Club at uh, 19, 20, or twenty first.
0: Yeah, of April? Of uh, May. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. And if you are an English speaker, me and Vettler are performing at the Joke Factory together, probably on like the 19th or something. Probably the (laughs) 19th. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. You guys are fucking awesome. Big kiss. Mwah!